Wisdom, let us attend. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. Now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The Holy Gospel has been proclaimed among us. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Sing this with me, will you? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let us pray, Father in heaven, this morning may we do just that. May we turn our eyes upon you. And in this time of message, may it be your words we hear and not mine. Help us to see you, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, high and exalted. And let us live in the beauty of that vision. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. All month we have been celebrating services of prayer and healing. It has been a joy to preach these messages, and I am praying that God will continue to honor our hearts as we reach out to him for special requests of healing. Before you, we see the, uh, the, the, the tall Christ candle and, of course, the smaller candles all representing the prayers of healing that we have made. We have written them down on these little gold cards and dropped them in the basket. And I have placed them on the, on the board there called a wall of prayer right there on that wall outside of the sanctuary doors. And as you come in, I want to always invite you to look to that board to see in anticipation what God is doing and what God is healing in our midst. And, and this morning, I was blessed to write off, right on one of those, healed. There are two now that God has healed. Yesterday, I received a call from a lady that I anointed her card. One of those people have been sending us in anointing requests through Facebook as well as through email and, and the website. And, and one of them was a, a woman whom I've known for many years who's helped me in ministry, Sylvia, who had a stroke not too long, many months ago, but yet has held some tremors in her chest and some 
weakness in her legs and knees. And, and I was actually able to see her at a gathering last night and she had called me yesterday and said, Pastor Brad, I know the Lord has healed me. The tremors are gone. The healing and the, the knees and the legs are strengthened like they haven't been since before the stroke. So we want to say praise God from whom all blessings flow, right? Amen. So in keeping with that, we are going to, to blow out one of these candles. Every time the Lord answers a prayer, we blow out a candle. And if he's answered any in your lives for any of these healing requests, please share that with me. And then we will make sure to blow out one of those candles. This morning, as we consider the gospel, I want you to think about the question that Jesus asked his disciples. Who do people say that I am? Now, we need just a little background and history on this to really get the impact of this conversation Jesus had with his disciples. In the northern region of the Gol- what is today called the Golan Heights in Israel, there is an area called Mount Hebron, and this is in the the highlands where the springs of the Jordan River begin and flow. And there is there a community that was in that time called Caesarea Philippi. It was named such for Philip the Tetrarch, one of the sons of Herod the Great, who when Herod the Great died, King Herod the Great, the king of the Jews, when he died, his dynasty was cut into four kingdoms, and Philip got that region in the north, Philip the Tetrarch. And Philip was also a friend, as was the Herod family, a friend of Caesar's. They were not popular among the Jews because they really were kind of pagan, if you will. He had, in this area of Caesarea Philippi, there was built by uh, Herod the Great, there was uh, a great temple before Christ was born and the Greeks ruled the world. There was a great temple built. It was called the Temple of Pan. Pan was the god of chaos and panic in the Greek uh, pantheology of gods. And, and so they built this to the, the, the god of Pan. And it, it, it is today, all you can see are the ruins. And there is a large cave hewn out into the side of the mountain where the temple stood before it. So if you had entered the temple, you, would have, you could have gone all the way back into this cave where there stood the statue, the pagan statue, the idol of the god of Pan. Now, it is in this setting that Jesus stands at Caesarea Philippi. This was not on his normal way to anywhere. He took the disciples on a field trip, if you will. And he said, I think we need to go up north to learn something. And so they're there. And, and they're standing. And, and in, the, in, the, in the context of who the world calls God, Jesus stands and says, who do people say that I am? It's a great question. And the people begin to answer him. His disciples, well, some say John the Baptist. You know, there were rumors that he was John the Baptist reincarnated because John had been beheaded by this time. Some say Elijah. There's rumors that always, always believed that Elijah would come physically. And of course, Jesus taught them that John the Baptist in his ministry was the fulfillment of the prophecy of Elijah coming before the the Savior, but yet the people are, they they hear these rumors. And, And he says, then a second question, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And in that Peter, 
Peter, often the first to speak, usually rarely brashly, and boldly, Peter speaks up this time, anointed. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The word Christ in Greek means the anointed one. This morning, I want you to consider something as we look at this gospel passage. We have looked at Christ as the compassionate healer on week one. We looked then at Christ as the transcendent healer who walked on water and calmed their fears. And we have looked at Christ last week as the instantaneous healer who healed the Canaanite woman's daughter with only his word. And now this morning, I want to invite you to consider that Jesus Christ is our anointed healer. The prophet Isaiah said of the coming Christ that he would proclaim liberty and set the captives free, that he would be anointed. Jesus himself in Luke chapter 4 stood in the synagogue in Capernaum and quoted those words, if you recall, when he said, today these words have been fulfilled in your hearing, proclaiming himself the Christ. This morning, Peter acclaims him the Christ. And Christ looks at Peter and he says, well done. He doesn't use those words, I'm paraphrasing. Well done, Peter. He says, you didn't, you didn't know this because of anything in you. You knew it because my Father God inspired you. My Father God revealed this to you. So this morning, I want us to consider what does it mean that that Jesus is the anointed one? He is our anointed healer. I believe Jesus Christ was anointed of God the Father before all the world to come to this earth in the flesh to be our healing Last week, I taught you that there is a connection of dots between the concept of healing and saving, of being healed and saved. And ultimately, we see that fulfilled this morning because Christ was anointed to bring healing and the ultimate healing is to save us, save us from our sins, to save us from ourselves. And and so as we look at this, there are three things that I want you to take note of this morning. That, that I think we do well, especially in our day and age, to consider. And the first one is this, and that is that the conventional wisdom of the world is not always good. In fact, it's quite often not good. What does conventional wisdom say about our world today? Well, if we're to look at, if we're to look at the movement of Christianity, if we're to look at the movement of the church, the world is saying it's less and less needed. The world is saying, oh, that's, that's for those that, that really just need something. But it's not. It's not all that it's said to be. That's what the wisdom of the world is saying about Christianity. And we're seeing now a generation or two that have grown up without the church. And it's a cause for concern. It's a cause for concern because a lot of people are buying into the conventional wisdom of the world. But what I want you to hear today is conventional wisdom is not always good. Because Jesus said, he is the Christ. In other words, if he's the anointed one of Christ, if he is God come into this world, then he is the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God, made flesh. Therefore, his words are truth. His ways are the way. 
His life is the life. And, and here's the beautiful part that I want us to learn about healing and being healed. It's not just about the removal of physical symptoms. It's not about that at all. It's about being united in the life of Christ, the life, the source of all life, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the anointed Christ, the anointed healer. So as we look, to the, as we look upon all that the world says to us about our lives, our faith, our church, we need to be skeptical. We need to, as Jesus said, look at what the world is, what is it lifting up? What kind of temples is the world building? You know, they built the temple of Pan then. What are they building today? Well, there's a lot of idols being built today. A lot of idols in our world being built today. In everything from institutions such as, as entertainment to institutions such as, yes, in some cases, educational institutions and institutions even of personal worth like careers and uh, the meaning of, of relationships. All these things are becoming gods before our conventional wisdom. We need to be wary of that. We need to take note of that this morning. Because the second thing that I want you to hear this morning is this. It is that Jesus Christ, as God, is the only healing of humanity. All the humanity thinks that it can do, and we are thankful for modern medicine, we're thankful for the gifts of surgery, we're thankful for the gifts of, of the ways of, of education that have brought us such things, but we must admit this morning that only Jesus Christ, as God, can heal. All the rest is is good, but it's not healing because it doesn't bring us into the life of God. Now, let me show you a story this morning to illustrate this point. In a parallel type of passage, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 17, there is a story of 10 lepers. You remember that story? 10 lepers walking down a road and they pass Jesus and they all say, oh, master, have mercy on us, heal us. And Jesus does. Jesus has mercy on them. Jesus tells them, be healed. Go your way. Go and show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifice that is for healing. And so they do. And as it, the scripture says in that passage that as they turn and as they walk away, one of them realizes. Must have gotten a ways down the road because one of them realizes, hey, I've been healed miraculously. There has to be something more here. And he turns around and he goes back to Jesus. And what does he do? He falls at the feet of Jesus. And the scripture tells us that Jesus looks at him amazed by his faith and his worship of him. And he says, were there not 10 that were healed? And this one is only returned to give me thanks. And this one is a Samaritan of all people. And then he says something amazing. He says to that Samaritan healed leper, he says, go your way, for your faith has made you well. I want us to consider those words right there. He'd already healed him. He'd already cured him of leprosy. And now he says, go your way, for your faith has made you well. Only one of the ten 
received the gift of being well. Now, when we look at the original Greek here, this word for being well is sozo. Not that that matters so much as how you pronounce it in Greek, but it is the same word that means saved, that means made whole before God. The others, he announced to them they were healed, and that was the Greek word katarizo. We get that English word that something is cathartic from that. You know, if it's cathartic, it's good for us, it's healing for us. Jesus healed them in a catharsis, if you will, but to this one who returned to acknowledge him as God. He said, your faith has made you well. I want you to hear this morning that healing only comes from God. Last week I told you God always heals. If we come to him in faith, believing, he will heal us. And that's that word sozo. He will save us. He may or may not by his own wisdom, remove our physical suffering. He may or may not remove the tremors. He may or may not remove the pain in life because he alone knows what we must go through in order to ultimately find saving faith, sanctifying faith, eternal life. And so my third point for you this morning that I really want you to consider out of this gospel passage is this, that physical healing is meaningless without spiritual healing. Physical healing is meaningless without spiritual healing. Christ came not just to touch our physical humanity. He came to touch our soul. He came to fill us with his spirit. He came to make us whole. Because since the fall of humanity in the Garden of Eden, Mankind has had a hole. You've heard of the old saying, a hole in our, a hole in our hearts. There, there's a hole in all of humanity. And, and believe it or not, all of humanity is trying to fill that hole. Why do you think they built that temple to Pan? Why do you think people are today building up idols out of everything they can see? Because they're searching, they're craving for something to make them feel whole. And there's only one thing that will do it because all physical healing, in other words, some people get involved in in some form of of work or entertainment or sadly even destructive things like drugs and, and, and pornography. Some people get involved, they get involved in those because of the feeling they bring and they want, they believe and they want it to bring them some kind of wholeness. But only God can make us whole. The, the, the incredible uh, philosopher Blaise Pascal said, every human being has a God-shaped void in them and only God will fit that shape. And so this morning, I invite you. I invite you to believe. I invite you to open your heart and consider that all physical healing, and yes, we're praying for physical healing, and yes, we're trusting in God to bring it because the scripture teaches us that God wants to bring good gifts to his children. But all physical healing is meaningless without spiritual healing. So if there be any hole in your heart today, if there be any void in your soul today, I invite you to believe. I invite you to believe because it is in believing that we truly find healing. It is in believing that we truly find salvation. It is in believing that we truly are filled with the Spirit of God.
St. Augustine of Hippo, the great saint of the early church, said this. He said, I do not see that I may believe. In other words, I'm not looking for proof. I do not see that I may believe. I believe that I may see. I believe that I may see. Jesus had just finished talking to the Pharisees before the scripture. He was getting so tired of talking to them because they continually asked for a sign. What sign will you give us? Blessed are those who believe that they may see as Peter did. Peter believed you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Let that be our confession of faith this morning, that we believe Christ is the son of the living God. 